Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. I think the obvious place we have to start here is Yoannis Cespedes. We'll get to Neil Walker as well, but Cespedes obviously declines the uh, the qualifying offer. He's a free agent. Um, the Mets still very much want to bring him back. It seems like the money is going to be big, and they're not going to be able to do what they did last year, kind of wait it out. they got to get in on this early. How quickly does Cespedes, do you think, Anthony, make a decision, and is this something that moves quickly, or will it take some time in the hot stove? Well, I think it's going to take a little bit of time, only because he's one of the biggest guys out there this year. And whenever that's the case, these guys tend to linger, tend to see what the offers are going to be. Um, you know, I, I think it's different than last offseason and that the Mets are going to be more aggressive than they were, but I also think it's kind of the same in that other teams' interest will dictate their own interest. Because if his market goes up here, the Mets are going to be out. If his market stays down here, they're going to be in. Oh, I agree with you. And the one thing that I thought the Mets did a great job of, Sandy Ellis and John Rico, the group there, was monitoring the, the marketplace for them, um, for for, uh, for Cespedes. I think that's always been a strength of theirs. But, you know, when you're in that market, you don't want to bid against yourself, certainly. And, but they also they had a good feel for what was going on uh, with other teams, and the interest wasn't as high because there are other guys out there in the free agent market. Now he's the guy mm-hmm. out there, so it changes it a little bit. And there's five other teams besides the Mets that could be interested, but they really haven't stated how uh, or the level of interest, which makes it a little trickier. What about those other teams? Because you, you can tell teams are definitely going to be lining up for a guy like this. Where are the best fits? Um, we saw a year ago the Nationals went out and got Daniel Murphy from the Mets. They seem like they're definitely one of the teams involved. Yeah, I think the Nationals are going to be involved. I think the Giants, when all are said and done, are going to be involved. You know, um, But honestly, I think the Mets are the best fit. Right. Uh, not necessarily financially because they don't have a stomach for that $100-plus million contract. But on the field... They need that bat in the middle of their lineup. The lineup is not nearly as scary right. without him as it is with him. And I, I think when you just look at the teams and what their needs are throughout baseball, I think the Mets, baseball-wise, offensively, they're the best fit. They're, they're the best fit. You know, Toronto could be a fit, again, you know, depending on if they can't get Encarnacion. Dodgers could be a fit if they don't re-sign Turner. Like, there's a lot of ifs, right, Turner? Ifs. Uh, St. Louis could be a fit to move him to left field because they lost Matt Holliday. So, there's a lot of those type, but, you know, even Houston has said that they were going to spend money too, but some of those teams need a center fielder. Cespedes has said he really doesn't want to play center field. So I think that's the other tricky part is if you do go down that road, like the Nationals, 
then who plays center field? You know, does Turner move to shore and they move Harper to center field? Can they convince Cespedes to play there for one year? There's a lot of other moving parts. It doesn't seem like it's as good of a fit than, than in New York. And let's not forget that last year the Mets signed Cespedes, fully believing that he would play, or at least expecting him to play center field, and he did for half a year. Uh, but I don't think he's going to necessarily convince anyone that he's a center fielder in a long-term deal now after what happened. So is it who does play center field if he returns to the Mets? Who's that guy? For the Mets, I yeah. think you got to put Curtis Granderson yeah. here for, for one more year, and, and it's not an ideal situation. Certainly he's diminished from what he was earlier in his career as a center fielder, but he's, he's essentially what you've got. You're not going to make a Jay Bruce switch positions. You're not going to have Juan Lagares play full-time or anything Conforto, like that. You know, that's ill-advised to put mm, him right. out in center field, even though they talked about him maybe playing center field. I think you're right. Grandy's got to be the guy. Yeah, and then you readdress it a year from now when Granderson's a free agent. Where are they going to trade Bruce? Assuming it happens, where, where does he go? Well, I think there's a couple teams. Uh, Toronto was kicking the tires on him last year uh, when the Mets ended up getting him. The Angels, although they filled that spot, they could use a left-handed bat. The Orioles need a left-handed bat. It's kind of the same group of, of uh, teams that are interested in Josh Reddick and Michael Saunders, who are free agents. You know, the Giants could go down that road from a left-handed bat side of things. So, uh, I think there are plenty of teams that would, listen, Jay Bruce, even though he struggled as a Met uh, on occasion, this guy still hit uh, 30 home runs and has been a, an all-star. So I think there'll be enough interest, and I think they could free themselves up from the money. I don't know if they'll get a, a guy like Dilson Herrera, you know, like they did last year, but I think that they'd be able to move him. Well, you talk about a Granderson, too. I think Jay Bruce just has a lot more trade value at this point. He's right coming off a very good season overall. And yes, he didn't do with the Mets what people wanted him to do, but you can't just discount the last nine years of his career for one mediocre half season. Uh, speaking of other needs, or maybe needs, because you hear about the news about Jerry's Familia uh, pleading not guilty to charge of simple assault. He was arrested back uh, October 31st. There's a chance that he may end up having to miss some time because of that, obviously. It's something the Mets need to prepare for. Now, is there a possibility the Mets go out free agent market and bring in a big name reliever? I don't think they're going to bring in one of the big three closers. I don't think they're going to have the financial appetite to do that. I don't think they're going to want to deliver one of those long-term deals. Uh, if you're talking about who closes on opening day, if Juris Familia is suspended, I think it's going to be Addison Reed, uh, who's a good option, coming sure. off a great year, really a better year than Familia right. in a lot of ways. Uh, I do think they will be active in free agency in terms of uh, relievers, but if you're talking about a and a role to Chapman or a Kenley Jansen or a Mark Melanton, I don't think they're going down that road. No, I agree. I think Ziegler, Brad Ziegler is a guy they could go down. They've already, there's been a report out there, Boone Logan, the left-hander we saw as former Yankee. Jerry Blevins could come back. It's that group of guys. Even a Fernando Salas, uh, I, I believe, is out there as a free agent. Uh, you know, that type of guy, that veteran type guy, is where I expect them to be shopping. Yeah, and that's what Sandy Ellison loves to do, right? He brings yeah. a lot of guys into camp and, and lets them compete and sees how it shakes out. He doesn't love to invest huge money in those high-end bullpen pieces. What's the status on David Wright now as he start the offseason? And obviously, tons of question marks around David Wright. Yeah, he's in a little bit of a holding pattern right now. He's still waiting for more clearance from the doctors. And this is going to be an ongoing thing throughout the winter. Uh, you know, he's going to gradually progress, gradually progress. But he has said all along that he expects to be a normal player in spring training. He expects to come to spring training, coming off that surgery, and, and be... You know, what you could expect him to be now. What is that at this point in his career? Age 34, uh, really hasn't played a full healthy season in about a half decade now. Uh, no one knows. I don't know. I don't think right. David Wright knows. And, and recently he has begun to start to admit that, hey, you know, the thought of me going out there and being an all-star caliber performer probably isn't realistic. Right. But 
can I go out there and play 110, 120 games? Not to put a number on it, but can I be productive in my own way? Yeah, I think he's very hopeful he can do that. I think the Mets are very hopeful he can do that. And look, they're going into this season with David Wright as their starting third baseman, but they're also going in, as they did a year ago, with an insurance policy. This year it's going to be Jose Reyes. He's there, and especially if Neil Walker comes back, that's going to be big because that'll free Jose Reyes up to bounce around, second base, third base, even shortstop if he needs to. And uh, I think just given the status of David Wright, you need that guy. You know, Wright's interesting too because, you know, you talked about it and his ability to play third base or would it be less strenuous to play first base? Uh, he's going to need time off and rest. And, you know, in, in that balance that he went through this year, it was hard for him mentally, but he's starting to figure that out until he re-injured himself. So it's going to go back down that road. I think we like to put numbers on it, right? And we like to put 100, 110. And I know in the front office you tried to put numbers on it. It's such a wild card that you almost have to look and say, well, geez, if we got half of a year production out of him, we got 81 games out of it, you know, and he stayed healthy for most of the year, I'd feel good about it and like to have his presence around. You got the protection, as you mentioned, with Reyes um, and, and Duda over at first. And so... That one is really, really tricky. You just hope that you have enough depth. And they do. They, you know, they have guys that played a, a big part, like T.J. Rivera as an example, and maybe even Flores as a part-time player. So we'll wait and see. But I think they have some other guys to kind of give them protection. Yeah, well, I, th I think it's worth noting also that David Wright has been asked about moving over to first base, and his answer is pretty much the same always. Is Look, it's getting up to play the games that's the issue. Yeah. I don't think first base is really any less strenuous on my body than third base is. So a position move at this point of his career, very unlikely. Neil Walker, one of two players to accept his qualifying offer here heading into the 2016-2017 offseason. He'll return to the Mets $17.2 million. Seems like a, a good situation. He's obviously coming off the injury. One big year, he'll be back on the market, and it solves a problem for the Mets. Well, it solves a huge problem for the Mets. Listen, in 113 games, this guy was one of the most productive second baseman in the game and you know he made improvements from the right side as well 820 OPS overall and I think that this is a guy if you're the Mets you're sticking him in the middle of the lineup he's 20 plus maybe even 25 home runs maybe more than 80 to 85 runs batted in if they get some help ahead of him this is a huge deal I think for the Mets especially to have him on a one-year deal if the Mets are going to be successful again in 2017, obviously the pitching has to be there. They patched it together. There's no question. But they also learned a lot about some young guys late in the season. If the entire rotation is healthy, meaning Wheeler, Harvey, Mats, DeGrom, and Thor, if those guys are all back, where do Lugo and Gesellman fit in? Do they go to the minor leagues or do they go to the bullpen? I think there's a decent chance you see probably one of those guys, at least one of them in the minor leagues to start. Um, there's also a decent chance you see one or both of them in the bullpen. I know that's kind of a always answer, but it depends how it shakes out in spring training. I don't think you're going to go out and see the Mets really acquire starting pitching depth this winter. Um, you know, they love what Lugo and Gesellman gave them this year, and I, I think uh, had they advanced deeper into the playoffs, you would have seen Gesellman uh, be a big part of that. Certainly Lugo would have been a big part of that. Um, but look, to say all five of those guys are going to be completely healthy, uh, going into the season, maybe. But throughout the season, no, it doesn't happen for any team, even, even with rotation that doesn't have as many question marks as the Mets. So uh, having those guys is key. I think that's a big reason why the Mets were not content, but all right with letting Bartolo Colon walk to Atlanta. And I think uh, you're going to see Robert Gesellman and Seth Lugo both start games for the Mets at some point this There's season. There's no doubt. I mean, you're right on. And I think that's how they have to... Uh, build their rotation uh, and really build up their depth is 
you know, a lot of it depends on who they bring in as free agent relief pitchers sure. and how they pitch in the spring. You know, you're, you're going to have the most depth and want the most depth that you can out of, out of coming out of spring training. So there's a possibility both of them could end up in the minor leagues, stretching their arms out. You can always bring them up into the bullpen later. Likelihood, as you mentioned, you're going to need them at some point for the starter starting rotation. That's where Cologne, losing Cologne, really hurts them because he was the one certainty that you had. You knew the likelihood he was going to give you 175, 180 innings. You couldn't pay him what the Braves did, but you know that versatility that you had with Cologne, it really hurts not having him, but I think it, you're protected a little bit with Lugo and Gasol. One bit of news we have gotten as far as the rotation goes is that uh, Noah Syndergaard isn't going to have surgery to remove that bone spur, which seems to be maybe it was a little more was made out of it during the season than needed to be. In fact, Sandy Alderson, I think his quote was, it was blown out, out of proportion during the season, which tends to happen with the Mets. I think that was his I love how Sandy can, takes these things and just kind of rolls with them, has fun with them. But that was the case. It's not a big deal, apparently. Yeah, and, and in Sandy's defense, he and Noah Syndergaard said from day one yeah. that this wasn't a big deal. And I think a large portion of the reason why people freaked out over it a little bit was because Stephen Matz, Which at the same time, yeah. was going through a much right. bigger bone spur and dealing yeah. with that that was obviously causing him a lot of pain. Now, he had his removed, uh, but I think uh, it kind of created this buzzword, bone spur, that you think about. And, you know, you start talking about bone spurs and everyone gets all worried that Noah Syndergaard has one too. A lot of pitchers have bone spurs. You know, you've seen medical reports over the years on players. Uh, if you look at an x-ray or an MRI of any pitcher out there, they're going to have something going on for the most part. So uh, certainly great news for the Mets that it's not something that needs to be operated on for Noah Syndergaard. Um, but I, I don't think it was ever, as Sandy Ellison said, a, a huge, huge deal. The only hesitation that I had on it and, and you know I believed him to some degree but remember when Harvey came up and, he, and we didn't really think there was anything much going on in the elbow and then all of a sudden they said it's Tommy John surgery you're like out of nowhere so you're a little skeptical on that front but that one start that he had right before the all-star break Syndergaard did mm -hmm. where he lost almost his entire velocity because throwing like 90 miles an hour you're like oh what was that <laughs> like never see it in the game right and so I think that was always kind of sitting there in the back of your head like, okay, is that creeping up and causing the issue? I think it was more fatigue than anything else. Um, and obviously, like you said, good news. And, and you know, let's hope it doesn't bother them next year, which I wouldn't think. If it was bothering them enough, they would have gone in there and just you know, cleaned it up and taken it out, and he didn't even need that. And look, the thing with Syndergaard, you hate to say it out loud, but he's the only one of those guys who has not had a Tommy John surgery. And considering right. how hard he throws, considering the consistent velocity with which he throws and all of that, yeah, this isn't wood, but you can knock on <laughs> it if you're a Mets fan. Right, right. Uh, it's something you have to have in the back of your mind, planning-wise as a team, that, hey, this is something that could happen. It may never happen, but it could. All right, this has been a lot of fun. For Jim Duquette and Anthony DiComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time we're on here. MLB.TV Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.TV Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.